Hello, everybody. This is Rob Fredette with the podcast HodgePot, and welcome. I always have another special guest tonight on my podcast, and I'm looking forward to this conversation. Elvis Presley died on August 16th, 1977. He was at the young age of 42 years old, and if he were living today, he'd be 88 years old if he were alive today. And I have a guest on my podcast today, Risa Smith-Gosson, who knew Elvis and spent time with Elvis. And uh, I'm really interested to find out how that was and, and really looking forward to this conversation. So first of all, Risa, thank you so much for joining my podcast. I really thank you very much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, thank you very much. So just to give you a few facts about Elvis, Elvis performed here a couple of facts here. Elvis performed on the Ed Sullivan Show September 9th, 1956. 60 million people watched that episode of uh, the Ed Sullivan Show. 82.6% of the country was watching that night. And his first hit was That's All Right, which came out in July 19th, 1954. So tell us, how did you get to meet Elvis? And uh, what was that like when you first met Elvis? Presley, that is. (laughs) Okay. Well, I happen to know his stepbrothers. He had three stepbrothers that were a little closer to my age. Um, The young, well, the one that I was closest with was Ricky. And uh, Ricky had um, introduced me or invited me over to his house one day and um, said that, that, you know, we were going to go shopping. Well, he happened to live with Vernon at the time, mm-hmm. and, and uh, went over there, and, and uh, we were there for a while. He said, we're going to go with my brother. Well, I thought he meant his one of his other brothers. <laughs> so I get in the back seat, and there in the front seat was Elvis himself. And uh, he uh, pulled down his glasses and introduced himself to me, and uh said he had heard all about me, was looking forward to meeting me. And uh, I punched Ricky and I said, why didn't you tell me that? <laughs> this is, is going to be quite an interesting shopping trip we're going to go on today. So yeah. <laughs> so the first day of meeting Elvis, we went on a shopping spree. Yes. Really? So what so was it like was, when you saw was, Elvis quite the a unique first time? Again. What, what was it like when you saw Elvis for you the know, first time? I, I, to me, well, to me, to be honest, I mean, I was 14-year-old young girl, and so I didn't even really realize who Elvis was. So meeting him, um, you know, I, I thought it was quite unique, you know, that this was going to be kind of special because I, I knew he was pretty popular, but I, I just didn't, you know, as far as, like I said, the age difference, I didn't realize that the, the, the just the, you know, phenomena of a man that I was really meeting. So to me, it wasn't, you know, so, so such a big deal, I guess you would say. So what was that first meeting like? I mean, that must've been uh, like, for me, if I met somebody that, that of that status, I'd be like, I'd be that guy that'd be like going, Hey, can I get a picture? Can I get an autograph? I don't know if I, I'd probably just, you know, be like going crazy, but uh, what was that like when, what was that like when uh, you saw, I mean, when you think about that day, what was that like? I mean, that must have been incredible. Well, again, like I said, I, with the age difference, I didn't realize the magnitude of this man, you know, his presence of really who he was. Um, 
I, I kind of started, I don't know, it was so funny because the first day of meeting, like I said, we went on a shopping spree. He closed down the whole store. There was a nice clothing store on Union Avenue. And um, I would just the clothes in there were just phenomenal. Just walking in that store and seeing the price, the you know, the beautiful clothes. I was just kind of blown away at that, you know, and then being with him, it was kind of, it was, it was a crazy feeling, you know, what, what I was experiencing. And so long story short on that shopping spree, um, well, I had my eyes caught some beautiful, a beautiful long jean, blue jean, rhinestone and suede coat. And um, up behind me walked Elvis and he said, that coat would look perfect on you. And I looked at the price tag and it was like, um, $1,700. Now back in 1974, $1,700 for a, a coat. That's, that's pretty much. <laughs> so I thought to myself, oh my gosh, there's no way. But before I knew it, we were walking out with over $2,700 worth of clothes he bought me. That's the first day of meeting. So I was kind of blown away at that. <laughs> so, wow. you know, it was just, yeah. <laughs> so what what happened and, after the first meeting so um, uh, as far as after you met well, Elvis what was that like well, and, uh, well after we went shopping that day he wanted to go meet my parents because um he wanted to go share with my parents what he had gotten me and he wanted to meet them you know and wanted to let them know that I he was that I was in good hands you know where I had been because I had called them on the shopping spree and told them where I was and um, so he wanted to meet them and let them know. So that to me was very impressive as far as, you know, that he wanted to take time to go meet my parents, you know, after me just meeting him hours hmm. prior to. Yeah. So what was that like on the shopping spree? Did, uh, how, how did he pay? Did he pay cash or was it like uh, on a, uh, on a, what do you call those things? Like he, uh, a tab? Did he have a tab there? Or how did that work? How, do you honest, remember? Rob, I don't, I don't remember how he paid. <laughs> wow. I don't know. All I know is I was kind of just in shock, you know, just knowing I was getting these beautiful clothes. I was, <laughs> I didn't see, you know, but I know the clothes was, it was locked up just for us to go shopping. I mean, nobody else could come in. So, um, wow. You know, I'm sure they had his credit file or something, you know, because I think it was a store he, he, uh, frequented often. Yeah. So. Interesting. Yeah. So after you, um, after that shopping spree, what else, what else, how, how, what else transpired with Elvis after that? Cause, uh, you know, you, he took you out on a shopping spree and then what, what else happened after that? Well, um, you know, we went back to his house as far as you're saying immediately that, or just so time just, after yeah, that. Like the, uh, uh, subsequently after that, you know, the weeks and months later, um, what, what happened? Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I, again, I, you know, I enjoyed the afternoon. I thought it was great. thought I'd never see him again. thought it was just, wow, it was just a later. Uh, my mom, there was a phone call and she said that Elvis's um, bodyguard was on the phone and wanted me to get on the phone. And so I was like, Elvis's bodyguard, <laughs> what, is, what is he calling me for, you know? <laughs> So I go and get on the phone and um, one of his bodyguards um, told me that Elvis, is one, Elvis wanted to speak with me and um, got on the phone. He said, is it okay if I talk with your parents again and send one of my men over to come pick you up to come visit me at my house? 
And I, I really was kind of shocked, didn't know what to say because he just wanted to see me. You know, he didn't want me to come with Ricky or anybody else. <laughs> so, um, he said, yeah, it was crazy. So he sent one of his bodyguards over and uh, I went to the house and um, that was the next meeting of um, going to spend some time with him. So was that was that Graceland itself? Yes. Yes, it was Graceland. Yeah, it was Graceland. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> so what was what was and, Graceland uh, like? Well, Graceland was quite unique. I mean, it, it's a very, it was a different place. Now, it looked like a mansion back then. Now, a lot of people, when you look at it, they can't understand it. It just doesn't look that magnificent or what have you. Because it was just, it was a different place. But he had, he had unique style. Um, you know, but just seeing like the jungle room, I love the jungle room, uh, the TV room. When I first went there, um, he, he had me go down, um, or he had his bodyguard take me to downstairs where he liked to play pool and TV. And, uh, so I went down there and met him there and, uh, we had a nice long talk and, um, he was just asking all about me and, just very inquisitive to want to know all about me. So I thought that was huh. kind of strange how <laughs> yeah, he wanted to know about a 14 year old little girl here. <laughs> what all did he want to know? I don't know. <laughs> so what the, so like when, uh, when you met him and, and things like that, what, where, what was it like at Graceland? Were there a lot of people around him? Like the so-called Memphis mafia, were a lot of people around him at all times? Oh, yes. The house was always full of people. He always had just tons of people all around him. I mean, all of his guys, the Memphis Mafia, you know, there was like Joe and George and Jerry and Charlie and Sonny, all the guys, all the Memphis Mafia. They were they were usually just there. It's like they, it seemed like they just live there every time I ever went there. They were pretty much all there and uh, they would just be spread about the house. Um but uh, when I would go meet, when he went, well, this first initial meeting, he just wanted to meet with me. And, uh, you know, he, I said hi to a lot of the guys, you know, when I got there. But uh, he wanted to just have a talk with me the first, the first meeting when it was just me and him. So um, that was, that was quite interesting, you know, as far as on that first meeting, I hmm. really so yeah. when, you look, when you look back, when you look back at Elvis, you know, with his career and things like that, uh, he, like you said, there was people always around him. So what was that like? Um, was it constantly, was he barraged? It, it seemed like he was, you know, barraged or constantly had people asking him to do things or did he seem to, uh, you know, just no. get along with everybody? No, it's like, I, I remember asking Ricky um, and uh, David, uh, you know, his stepbrothers a couple of times, you know, are there this many people usually always over here? And he said, no, he loves a house full of people. He likes people around. He just, he liked to have people around. It made him feel good just to have people around. It's like he, seems like he just thrived off of having people in his house. So it's not that, it's not that they came and took over. I mean, he wanted them there. It's mm -hmm. more or less, Ricky once told me that, you know, it's like he wanted them to be there. And of course he paid the guys to be there, but I mean, it's, like their wife some of them had wives they would be there or their girlfriends you know it's a different ones and he just like a, liked a house full of people so um he just liked to have a house full of people all the time you know hmm. 
So when um, which is very when, abnormal living. <laughs> what's that again? Person, I said, which is very abnormal living, but he was an <laughs> abnormal. Person. Well, I've always said that people who uh, who live in you know are famous performers. I don't know if they ever shut it off. You know, just their constant trying to please everybody. It's just it's it's incredible how they just keep going. I don't wonder if they ever get any downtime. Uh, you know, you had mentioned that you had gone to the store with him, the store right. clothes. That was probably the way he had peace or, you know, those, you know, the famous people have peace when uh, there's nobody around. So I could see that. Right. What was it like, like, uh, right. like hit the Memphis mafia? What would, from your uh, recollections, what was it like? Were they, how, how were, how were they? Were they, were they nice guys? And uh, how did they, how did they treat you? Super nice guys. Oh, yeah. They always treated me with utmost respect. In fact, um, you know, there was several conversations on times of me going over there. And um, I, I, I started seeing, um, I, I, I <laughs> once I noticed a really, well, there's a, when we went up to his room um, one time in his bedroom, I, for the first time I noticed he had a whole table full of prescription medication. And, uh, you know, I had mentioned to him, you know, wow, are you sick? Or you you had, you know, what, what is all this for? And he just started just coming off and spilling off where he had to take this for that, this certain, for certain things, and this one for certain things. And he said, but I don't ever want any of you guys, and he'd looked over, and when I saw him them that time, there were he, some of his guys were in the room. He said, I don't want any of you guys ever giving any of this to Risa. And if I ever catch any of you giving her any of these medications, you're, yeah, you, you'll be on the, the bad list. So, so more or less at the same time, you know, he didn't want me to be involved with it. So I didn't quite understand that you know, that statement when, when he had give you know, told me that once. So that was, hmm. that was quite, kind of interesting to me. Yeah. So did, uh, did uh, Elvis ever purchase anything for you that was like, like you blew you away or things of that nature that would, you know, I've heard stories of him buying countless cars for people and other things, clothes and other things. Did he ever do anything as far as like purchases for you that, you know, you think back yeah. now, it's like, wow. Yeah. Well, we, in the conversations we had, he was the kind of person where he wanted to know about you and he wanted to make you happy. It was like you were the only person in the room. That's what kind of, I, I, it blew me away as far as the, the kind of person he was. I thought, wow, look at this man. You know, here I was asking him about the women, you know, he'd worked with in movies and different, you know, different things like that. But he kept wanting to go to the subject of me. And I was thinking, why, why are you asking so much about me? But it's like he wanted to make me happy because he was asking me, you know, what if I like cats, if I like dogs, if I liked animals. And he asked me, I told him how much I like cats. Well, the very next day, um, his bodyguard showed up in my house with a... A, a little little dog it was a shih tzu dog and he said elvis he said he said i'm <laughs> he said elvis wanted me to look for a cat for you a white persian cat but i couldn't find one so i hope this one will do and i was like what you know and i just i said we, we were talking about animals but <laughs> i didn't realize he was gonna go get one for me so what you know one of his bodyguards the one that got it i think it was dave at the i think it was dave who got it but he said that you know, he just went, he, he knew you liked animals. So he wanted you to have it to make you happy. And then as far as any larger purchases, um, 
we were at his house one time talking about all the cars he had and you know all the cool cars he had and I had mentioned that I like Trans Ams that that the new Trans Ams had just came out with the bird it was like the bird on the, the hood and I told him that I I really thought those were really nice cars and um couple hours later he takes me up to the driveway and says I've got something to show you and he had me close my eyes and open them and there was that Trans Am that we were talking about what? just literally a couple hours later yeah <laughs> I mean we were just having the conversation about cars you know how much yeah so I was just like oh my goodness wow. I realized this man anything to make you happy he wanted to please you so I was you know, I was like, what am I going to do? You know, I'm 14 years old. I can't even drive the car. And he said, yeah, I know, you know, Mr. Smith's not, he may not be too happy with me, but when you turn 16, you can drive it, you know, we'll just set it. I'll promise, you know, just we'll make a, you know, we'll have a verbal agreement. It just sits in the driveway <laughs> until you get old enough to drive it. And so it was, my parents were like, whoa, <laughs> I guess they were kind of happy, but <laughs> I don't know if they were too happy about it or not. <laughs> but wow. but so yeah, but I realized that anything you said to this man that you liked or just any, you know, anything that he knew would make you happy, he wanted to do that for you. He just, he just loved making people happy. And I was talking to his guys, you know, about that. I said, you know, it seems like every time we have a conversation, anything I talk about, he, he wants to get it for me. You know, he said, yeah, he said, Reese, he said, anything you mention, if you even mention a house, it'll be there. <laughs> you know, wow. so I was like, wow, I know, I know. I just like, oh my goodness gracious. So being so young, I was just, I was kind of floored, you know, floored with that. <laughs> Mind blowing. Wow, that is that like is incredible. Um, that uh, that story about the car. That's uh, I I don't even know how much a, a Trans Am was back in in the mid seventies. So probably I'd have to go look that up. That's probably probably three, four, five thousand dollars if I had to guess. Now it'd be like if you're yeah. buying a car, it'd be forty thousand. Yeah, I think it was around. Yeah, it was around four thousand. I think what that wow. was a lot back. You know, yeah. <laughs> that yeah, is unbelievable. Crazy. You know, and they didn't have, I don't even know if they had like the push button phones. I can't remember. I think they had the rotary dial. I mean, he probably had somebody, you know, now what you back then on speed dial here, just go ahead, call him up and just say, go ahead, put it on the tab yeah. or whatever. Well, he had Jerry Schilling, which was one of his top guys, Jerry. Jerry go down to the um, dealership and he was probably on file of getting all the cars he wants at the dealership. I'm sure. So wow. he just had him go to the dealership and got it within a couple of. Yeah, that was it. Was a crazy, crazy, crazy thing, especially me being so young. It was just, just very mind blowing there, you know. And I can't even, can't even drive yet. <laughs> so. Wow. Was, so what was it like? Uh, what was uh, you know, if there's something they had to say something about Elvis and like this is not a flamethrower uh, episode here. Uh, I like to know, you know, what was Elvis like you know, behind the scenes, private that maybe somebody would not see in the public. You did mention he was very giving and and always thought you were. Was there, what would be one thing that would um, people that may not know about Elvis in your time you were in his presence? What was it like? One thing that you could say like Elvis was this, and that it's something that we don't know. Well, he had an, a reputation um, with a lot of women as maybe, maybe taking advantage of women, 
or doing what he wants to, or he could have had a bad reputation. But I saw a different side of the man. I Mm -hmm. saw a different side of the man where it seemed like he, he wanted to. In fact, I asked him a couple of times, why are you wanting to be around me when I'm so much younger than you, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and he just said it, it bring, brought him back to his childhood. It kind of brought him back to the simplicity of life where he didn't have to feel like somebody expected anything of him. He could be himself. You know, he didn't have to prove anything. It made him feel good that he could just like kind of go back into his, you know, I guess you would say childhood and younger days. And um, a lot of people, you know, thinks that, you know, just because this man had so much money and fame that you know, he, he would just didn't have much, um, I guess you would say humbleness, but he was the most humble person I had ever met. And me being mm. so young, I hadn't met a lot of people, but I could just sense he was so humble and he just wanted just norm, normal. He, he just wanted to be around normal people and enjoy himself. And I think that's why he enjoyed coming to Graceland so much too, where he could let his hair down. You had mentioned something about escaping being who you are as far as in in the public eye being you know a uh, big rock star you know I think you know he he enjoyed being in Memphis so much where he felt he could let his hair down and be that way and so I think you know as far as he more or less was telling me that he enjoyed being around me for that reason he didn't have to prove anything and just enjoy himself so. mm. when you think about it, Elvis you I know he was the solo artist solo artist who was like look back at it now he was like and back then he was like the the man the the person the number one and then in the group side was the beatles you know so elvis and the beatles are definitely top of the echelon of all music rock whatever you want to call it the most popular of all time so that is just mind-boggling you know that what you just said right now just wanted to be himself um you know at graceland uh, that was probably his escape, and uh, you, you definitely eloquently, you know, described that, which is pretty fascinating. You know what? I also too, you know, living here in Memphis, and when you lived here, you know, I always think about where did Elvis drive to? You know, did Elvis drive down this road, or did Elvis go here? And then I've seen where he's gone to the arcade restaurant uh, downtown Memphis, and he's used to get a peanut butter and a banana sandwich, and he had this certain booth that he sat, which you still can do to this day. I've read and. Uh, Mm-hmm. I think he went to uh, Coletta's restaurant at one time here in, in uh, Memphis and Lansky's that was on uh, downtown Memphis, which is fascinating. But, uh, you know, he probably couldn't go anywhere without getting mobbed. Well, the thing is, you know, he would just take off in his car and a lot of his guys didn't like him. They didn't like him doing that <laughs> because, you know, I mean, if something happened, you know, they wanted to back him up. But you know, he just wanted to be normal and say, no, man, I, I'm gone. You know, he'd just take off in the car. And that's why we would, I mean, I just rode in his car like I'm down. It was EP Boulevard. I, I don't even remember back in 74 what the name of it was. It's Elvis Presley Boulevard now. And he'd drive, he'd just like to take a long drive on that where it go all the way into Mississippi and drive down there by the Circle G Ranch where he had a horse ranch there. And we'd go down there and see his horses. And so as far as me with him, that's where I would ride with him. And then, I mean, you know, he just liked to take off himself you know i think that was his way of skates to, to try to be normal you know? yeah. <laughs> so i'm sure he rode around all over the place i don't know <laughs> that is like that, that's yeah just get out of there you said that his uh entourage the memphis mafia he didn't like to uh 
go out uh, on his own. And I could see why, because, you know, back in the 70s, you know, it's not like today, like you see a superstar or rock star and they, they get besieged and they have like 10 bodyguards around them. And they get whisked in an SUV and a motorcade like a like a head of, head of state. Sometimes it's incredible. So um, when you think about it, though, you know, Elvis, I mean, he had he had, you know, the people around him to protect him. So uh, I think that. And, 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 and Rob, too. Yeah. I mean, he just normal like that. He just. So did he ever like talk about other like superstars like music or, or actors or anything like that? Or did anybody ever drop by while you were there? Or was it just, uh, you know, pick up the phone and. No. That was his escape. No, to huh? be honest, like I said, I saw his escapism. I just saw him want to be a natural guy. I, I didn't see that aspect. Yeah, I never saw any stars come in. I mean, Elisa, you know, I met her, you know, she was only six years old at the time. She was just such a little girl, you know. And so, but as far as when it was any, you know, I'm sure they came there to the house, but mm -hmm. his home was just his haven. And, and that was his, I think his way to get away from the world. So I, I don't know how much of celebrities came there i never heard of you know many you know i never heard of any in fact myself you know so so what uh you know elvis is um i hate to say it, the anniversary or the date is coming up where elvis uh passed away august 16th 1977 and i've looked at some of the news clips back then and um there was utter pandemonium here in memphis when that happened it was just like you look at like thousands and thousands of people outside of Graceland um, when he died. It was like it was like insane. I mean, that was without social media and people just flocked to Graceland. What was that time like? I mean, back for you now, you, this was probably after you saw him. Uh, but what was that like back then? And it was kind of crazy to, uh, with the head of viewing there at Graceland for like a couple of hours. And a lot of people didn't get to see him. And it was very hot. Yeah. And from what I gather, the National Guard was also called um because it was just crazy yeah. there but what was it like uh what was it like when um Elvis died and did you happen to uh see uh have uh able to uh go to a viewing of Elvis yeah well Rob when I you know last saw him I was uh 15 years old and he told me as I when I got older he knew I wanted to model and so he says, when you get a little bit older, honey, I'm going to set you up. I'm going to get you set for life. You won't have to worry about, about modeling. I'm going to get you your career going and help you out in anything you want. Mm. So, you know, not to back up, but his lifestyle of the life he was leading, um, it was really scaring me uh, to see how he had changed. Um, um, when I first met him, he was very thin. He was, seemed to be in good shape. That was in the September of 74. I last saw him like in November of 74. Mm -hmm. Then I didn't see him till January of 75. He showed up at my house in a little yellow Pantura and his, he had gained so much weight and he, his, his stomach was like over the steering wheel. It was, I mean, I, I almost didn't recognize him when he came to mm. the house and I was just like, I was just blown away. It just really, really just, it, it did a number on me seeing how, you know, what happened to this man, you know, and I knew he had been sick and uh, his life was changing. And 
long story short, it started to really bother me because I didn't quite understand all that was going on with his life, how it could Mm -hmm. drastically, how I could go downhill so quickly. And um, so I I, I was at the point where I almost just wanted, I didn't even want to take his calls every time my mom would want, you know, come get me to say that his bodyguards were on the phone wanting to talk to me. And I, I turned down his call several times. So I got to a point where I just didn't even want to have any mm-hmm. see him anymore because his life was kind of scaring me because I could, I felt, I felt out of control of what I could do. And I mm-hmm. really didn't know what was going on being so young. I couldn't quite understand it. So when I heard the news that he had passed away, it, I, I was just in total <laughs> shock. I just thought that, that, you know, this just can't be real. You know, I was, I was, I, I was going to see him again one day. I was hoping he'd get well, he'd get better, he'd get back to himself, you know. And so I, I, it just really, I had not experienced death in my life ever. Not even my grandparents or anybody had passed away that I knew of. So to me, I just, it really did a number on me and just seeing somebody close to me pass away. So I, I didn't think I wanted to see him, but um, and best friend, um, he was like his road manager for years. He was the top of the mafia line. Mm-hmm. Um, he told me, he said, Risa, you know, I think you need to, to come pay a visit to him. You know, I think you need to say goodbye since you didn't get to say goodbye to him. So before the visitation of the public, um, Joe had me come up to the house and I went with my sister, Nina and her her husband mm. and I uh, met Vernon um, at the house, him and Vernon and Joe. And they both personally took me to Elvis at the side of Elvis. Wow. And it was just, yeah, I just couldn't believe I was there with his dad and Joe at the same time. And, and he was no longer here. So it was just, it really did a number on me being so young. It just woke mm. me up to a reality of life and death right there, you know? So yeah, I'm just, I kind of wish I had seen it, but you know, it was, it was a closure just to know that I would never see him again. But um, yeah, I just said my personal goodbye by myself with them there. Wow. Did, um, so um, it's amazing, you know, when you see pictures of him, he was 42 when he died, it's amazing. You know, he would be 88 now. And it's like, you always think of him being young. You never think of him being 88. It's like, he's immortalized by being, young and uh it's really incredible 42 is so young um what was the did he have it did that his death have an impact on your life at all after that happened because uh you seem to be very you seem to be very touched you know touched and emotional of his death was was there anything that uh yeah yeah that maybe be uh changed your life or in a different direction yeah rob it really did i um you know it's really crazy how he would you know, I told you about the medication and the drugs and I could sense um, his life changing in just the five months that I saw him. Um, And so I had a feeling, you know, I was talking to his stepbrothers and different ones and, you know, they'd mention all the drugs, you know, that they were trying to get him off of, you know, the drugs that he was having. He was just kind of on a merry-go-round with everything. And so I, I, after stopped seeing him, you know, I, I, in fact, started getting on drugs myself. <laughs> and how ironic and strange it happened to be his stepbrothers that got me started. 
So, and if Elvis would have never known that they had, oh my God, I mean, he would have killed them or cut them off. I don't know what he'd done, but mm. anyway, I started getting involved with drugs. My life started heading down a different path. Um, I started hanging around a lot of rock groups, um, just with the wrong crowd, a whole lot of whole older crowd than, you know, myself. And uh, in fact, I had a accident uh, in the park where I almost totaled my car and I could have lost my life, you know, so that was kind of a wake up call. And then when he passed away, it was like, whoa, it was like a big wake up call mm. because I saw that this man had everything. He seemed so happy. He, you know, wanted to make everybody happy. And, you know, he just had it all. And I just couldn't understand why would he let his life go down the way he did? And why was he not happy? Apparently he was reaching out for something, you know, apparently he was crying out for something. Cause you know, we would have a lot of conversations even about God or really about the Bible, you know, and I used to even being so young, I thought that that was strange, but it was like, he was reaching out for something. But when he died, it kind of woke me up to see what was real in life, even though knowing this man had everything, all this money, all this fame, and yet he died a lonely, happy man. He just wasn't happy. I mean, that's why his life kind of, as everyone around him could see, it was just spiraling downward instead of upward. Um, so seeing that, um, I turned my life around. Thank God I'd probably be dead <laughs> if mm -hmm. I hadn't have seen, you know, that example right there. But it really woke me up to get on the right road. And I, 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 I um, started a walk with God and, and I woke up and uh, saw what was important in life. So, yes, his life had a major impact mm -hmm. on my life, you know, and I really feel now I couldn't quite understand why meeting somebody like that at a young age, you know, why it happened. But, you know, it. Mike could have saved my life, you know, to be yeah. honest, Rob, I don't, I don't know, but it, it really had an impact on me. It definitely did. No doubt. Wow, Cause I, I watched the, uh, did you happen to see that Elvis movie that came out last year by chance? With Tom yes, Hanks? Yes, I did. Yeah. What did yes. you think of the movie? You know, it was very close. It was very close. I, really? I, I very, um, I, I, I knew, um, his mom, in fact, um Austin's mom I knew Austin's mom I did a little acting when I lived in California so I knew Austin's mom and uh before she passed away and uh Austin really spent a lot of time to to build on the character of him uh, Priscilla and Lisa were very much behind as far as they feel like it was pretty much close to so it was pretty much close to reality as far as it it it, it was it was a lot it, it, it was it was it, it's probably the closest to than a lot of movies you know as far as different ones that were close to Elvis has said that they felt that it was I, really just I watched it, it last night the first half of it I'm gonna watch the second half and then the you know halfway through the movie I was like I felt bad for him because every it started out great and then all of a sudden he, everything was all about please you know everybody there was tensions and things going on and then I kind of felt bad for him because uh it was just like man he was just trying to please everybody else and he couldn't take care of himself it was kind of like wow it was just like it blew me away kind See? of because 
you know, we there's plenty of documentaries out there about it, but uh, this movie, it, you said it's close. I mean, it pretty much encapsulated. I thought it was very well done. Yep, there you go, pleasing everybody else. That and that, that that's what he was, the man he was. He was a people pleaser. He he wanted to be, you know, please everybody and make everybody happy. So when he saw his life wasn't quite pleasing to people as he was getting older, I think that's kind of what set him in a downward spiral. You know, he wasn't just happy with himself the way he wasn't, you know, he felt he wasn't, you know, pleasing everybody like he wanted to. So which is crazy. I mean, if he only was alive today to see, you know, what he, the impact he left on this world, you know, that that's, that's a crazy thought, but I guess what, that's what fame can do to you. Sometimes it can, can deceive you, you know, to try to live up to something. Yeah. uh, I, you know, I'm not talking about Elvis here, but fame can be intoxicating because people just suck it up, suck it up and, and just absorb it and absorb it. And uh, I don't know, it's just incredible what it's like for people to be famous and you can't go anywhere or, or things of that nature. I find that to be uh, very, very unbelievable. So, and there's been a lot, have, have you also uh, been on any documentaries or anything like that about Elvis? Uh, some documentaries like to throw the mud and uh, some, but uh, have you been on yeah. any documentaries? Yeah, I, um, years ago, I, I had different people trying to approach me to be on, to to give different interviews and I turned down so many and um, Jerry and Joe and George, different ones told me, Risa, you need to give your interview and your testimony or your, your life story. So people can see that he, you know, the kind of person he was. Mm -hmm. um, So you can get the real story out because as far as with the age difference, you know, uh, I'm sure people, you know, right away think, you know, oh yeah, he took advantage of this young girl. But they said, no, you need to get, get your, get your, get the word out that he he was a gentleman to you. He did not take advantage of you. And so I started giving my interviews. In fact, last year, um, they just there's they've got a new uh, three part docu series. Um, that's it just came out in the UK I did it last summer it came out in the UK and it came out in Germany in April they held it off to come out in the US uh, because of Lisa's passing but it should be out soon hopefully Um, and then Australian uh, Australia 60 minutes I'm getting ready to do something for them Hmm. Um, I've done a few interviews you know in the past with CMT um Joe had me do some interviews with different, um, I don't know, different, different ones, but yeah. So, you know, I've given my story and I felt really good to, to get the word out that, that he, he wasn't abuser of young girls. You know, I was, (laughs) I hate this title. I I was kind of considered the last cradle robber. They called me in one of the interviews nine I mean that's a huge age difference but I want to say that every time he always he had it like a he had a pact with my dad you know or an agreement said Mr. Smith anytime she comes over I'm calling you or you're going to bring her over or I'm going to make sure it's okay that my guys come get her 
And I mean, he wanted me to go to Vegas one time, fly in it, you know, with him and the Lisa Marie. And he called my dad and my dad said, Alice, you know, I'm sorry. She's wow. just no way. So, you know, out of respect, he was a very, Elvis was very respectful of my dad and the situation. So that's, a, that's another reason why I've, my, I've given the interviews to let people know that he was true Southern gentleman that never took advantage of me. So I, I wanted that to definitely be out there. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So uh, do you, uh, you, at the time, at the anniversary or the marking of his death, do you still, uh, you ever think back to that day, obviously, you know, to when, uh, you know, that day he passed away and then you went to go uh, view Elvis a couple of days before public viewing? Yeah. Yeah. It's very hard. It's, I mean, it's even hard for me, like, you know, giving even this podcast, um, every time my emotions, you know, just when it rolls around at his anniversary, uh, when I have to think back to the memories, um, it's very emotional, you know, it's, mm -hmm. um, it, it does a number on you, you know, especially when it has somebody that has that much of an impact on your life. It, it's a sad, it's, it's just a sad situation that, that he couldn't have lived more and enjoy more of life and not it, try to live up to so many people's expectations and make everybody try to make everybody so happy, you know, because mm -hmm. that's no, just, the kind of man he was, but, uh, yeah. you know, that's just how it was. Just a couple of things, you know, last year I did a podcast just on the news events and the news coverage of Elvis's death. And um, he was to perform in uh, Portland, Maine, uh, at a concert up there at the civic center up there in Portland, Maine. And they, he had his advanced team up there and everything getting ready for it. And it was kind of eerie because, they were interviewing the people at the arena and people in Portland, and they were absolutely devastated by it. it. It was just like unbelievable. And it's weird when you see like he was supposed to go up to Portland, Maine and just never happened. It's just, it, it's mind boggling. And the last concert he ever performed was June 26, 1977 in Indianapolis. And uh, he performed over 1600 concerts. I looked that up on graceland.com and that's quite, uh, quite, unbelievable and also he had quite an inspiration a lot of uh artists and actors uh, uh groups uh ricky nelson and buddy holly were uh definitely influenced by elvis john lennon elton john james brown bruce springsteen trisha yearwood dolly parton the rock group kiss believe it or not and uh justin timberlake to name a few mm -hmm. so even through today he has a huge influence on people even um post malone i saw was a, had an influence from Elvis. So I always think, you know, he may be gone, but he's also very, he, his, I mean, thousands and thousands of people come here every year, millions probably. And then on Elvis week, it's like a, a pilgrimage to great uh, Elvis Presley Boulevard in Graceland. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, Rob is humble as the man was. Yeah. It just blows me away. And he, he, he probably just, wouldn't even imagine could imagine that he would have this influence on people as humble as the guy he was you know it's just it's just hard to believe <laughs> the impact he mm -hmm. has had on different people and that's what's so sad the whole irony of it is just so sad where he felt like he was going down in his life yet he didn't realize how much more he had to give and could have lived and the inspiration he could have given people um you know, that that's just the sad irony of it, you know, that if he had only realized, you know, how he was affecting people, you know, it's just, um, that's the sad part. 
you know, on a, a more on a more po- uh, more light note, you know, when I was watching that movie last night and he was performing that first concert, I guess I forget where the Louisiana State Fair or it was I forget what the name of it was, and the crowd was just sitting there and uh, they had some guy mocking him because of the outfit he was wearing and then he started singing and all the women became became uncontrolled. <laughs> it was so funny. That was such a great scene. I love that. That was just like. All the all the dates and the boyfriends of all the girls they were taken yeah. aback by it. I thought that was uh, I think that was really the the unbelievable part about it is like they just no one had ever seen anything like that before, and uh, Elvis definitely he was the king of rock and roll as they call him because rock and roll is a lot of that sound you hear today. So I I, I thought that part in the movie was I was laughing at it actually I thought it was pretty funny but. Uh, you know, that was the light part there. And then the movie got a little <laughs> bit darker, but um, I thought that was cool. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh yeah. You know how to attract the women. Well, and that's one thing I remember about him, you know, even though I knew there was an age difference, I was just his charisma. I mean, just something about, he just, he just, he just, and it was just how he was really good looking. He was a good looking man. <laughs> it, it was his, it was, I think it was his genuineness that you felt in him. You felt just a, there was a charismatic, genuine uh, persona that he just, he ex- exuded, you know, that's even me as young as I was, I could just sense that. So, yeah. well, you said he was humble. I also think it's extraordinary that he could have probably easily gotten out of going to the army and he insisted on going in the army and doing the service. I thought that, I thought that was, that says a lot about him. Um, you know, when you yeah. think about that, now you look back at it now, but uh, I thought that was uh I thought, I mean, that just shows you the type of person he was. He was willing to serve his, do his part in the army. And he met a lot of his people that he was friends with when he was in the army. So um, he had that connection with them. So, but uh, Risa, oh, yeah. I want to, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, it was a uh, pretty, pretty awesome. But uh, Risa, I want to thank you very much for uh, coming on my podcast uh, to talk about Elvis Presley. I know it was a little bit emotional for you, but um, I appreciate your time and your insight and your, your recollections of Elvis Presley. Cause I think it, it needs to be told that, you know, he was just a humble person, like you said, and uh, some of the stuff out there, you know, but I think uh, this was a, a great, a great discussion. And, and uh, I really appreciate you coming on my podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Rob, giving me the opportunity. And again, thank you again. I, I want to speak my voice as far as to let the net, just everyone know what a sweet, humble man this man was and again you know as far as the age difference and when he was with different younger women and so many women it's just he just loved people he wanted to be with people to make him happy and the younger younger women and someone like me it just made him just down to simplicity and be a good old southern boy that's all he wanted to be Well, that's all it was I, know. I thought that i thought you, you you said it very well and uh, again thank you so much for coming on thank you for having me